ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, 18 plus. You are tuned in to the Lone Oster Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and a very special guest all the way from Michigan in town for the Florida Mortgage Bankers Association annual conference because he's a panelist. He is the president and COO of Finlocker. He is a fellow certified mortgage banker. He is a second time TLOP guest. He is my friend, the one, the only Brian View, BV. Hey man. Welcome to TLOP, homie. Thanks for having me, dude. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time out of your day. You haven't even made it to the conference yet. No. Came in from the, the, the MC, used to be the Motor City. Now it's the Mortgage City, Detroit. Yes. Um, didn't also was, well, Music City. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. that's Nashville. That's Nashville. Motown. Motown. Motown, right. Motown Motor <laughs> City, Mortgage City. Yep, so no. it's still the MC. Yeah, that's right. God, yeah, you're, you're up in the Detroit area, right? Yeah. How many mortgage companies trace back to Detroit? Let's, let's count them. Well, we know who's there now. Okay, who's that? Rocket. Rocket. And okay. They started as a mortgage brokerage. Dan Gilbert and his brother were Hawking Loans as a broker back in the day. Okay, and then United Wholesale. United Wholesale was yep. Shore, Shore Mortgage, Shore Financial. Uh, Matt Ishbia's father, Jeff, founded that company back in the late '90s, early 2000s. All right, and Matt's taken it and just taken off Blown and it run up, yeah. with it. Yep. yep. Flagstar. Flagstar Bank was uh, started by the Hammonds, and they started as uh, they were a mortgage brokerage initially in the late 80s, and then bought a bank and and rebranded it Flagstar. Wow. Who yeah. else are we missing? We've got, uh, well, you could, you could, Home Point. Okay. Hey, Home Point was a player. But there's a lot They're of. They're now no longer, but. They came, they grew out of, Willie Newman, of course, founded Home Point, and Willie was the, what I'll call the godfather of wholesale when he ran Interfirst. Wow. So okay. So Interfirst was based in Michigan. A lot of, a lot of uh, Michigan uh yeah. Bloodlines. Well, there. you have me mutual, right? Me, yeah. M I, Michigan yeah. mutual. Michigan like mutual. I know it as me mutual. Right, you right, you were right. talking about it as Michigan mutual. Yeah, yeah. How crazy is that? Like, yeah. how many people knew that Detroit, Michigan, or the greater Detroit area was not just Motor City? Right. Right. Not just where, like, you know, Ford <laughs> and Pontiac and everything else comes from. No, no, no. Not just Motown, which, by the way, that's probably. My favorite part of Detroit right. would be Motown. Yeah. But no, the mortgage industry. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, similar to the mortgage industry can trace itself back to Michigan. And if not Michigan, I'm going to guess California. Yeah, it's Orange County. It's probably the, the well, now Dallas, I think, it yes. might be the, the, yep. the second or even the biggest uh, hub. But there's, there's three big markets. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. crazy. It is wild. No, so thank you very much for taking, taking the time. I think it was two years ago that we got back together. It's crazy because JC was actually reminding us that you were in town for a conference yeah. and you and I had connected through LinkedIn. You're very active on, on LinkedIn. So anyone who wants to follow Brian, go to LinkedIn. It's Brian View. Spell View for everybody. V is in Victor, I-E-A-U-X. There easy. you go. Come it's on. very easy, just <laughs> like it's spelled. That's right. But um, And we're going to talk a little bit about your LinkedIn coming up and some of the videos that you're putting out both on LinkedIn and, and, and also being hosted on YouTube. But no, what was funny about you being in is uh, we had connected online. We had talked about doing an episode. I said, sure, next time you're in town. Right. We knew each other from the Mortgage Banker Association. We're both CMBs, but we didn't really know where we were going to podcast. So John and I packed up our stuff, drove down to like the convention area of Orlando, which is about 25 minutes from our office where you're in today. Right. 
and um, we did it in a hallway. Yeah, that was hilarious. You remember that? Oh, in yeah. a freaking hallway. Yeah. John had cameras and lights and mics <laughs> and extension cords. We went and took the table from like a small restaurant, a little cafe. And they're like, oh, what are you doing with that? We're like, oh, we talked to somebody yeah. up front. They said it was okay. Yeah. But no, it was really cool because we actually did an episode that was um, requested by our audience and they wanted to talk about technology in the mortar space. We did it, you crushed it, you answered their questions. But today, we're gonna go a different angle. We're gonna go something that you and I are both passionate about. Uh, this podcast is not just for mortgage professionals, believe it or not. Like right. this podcast, from the get-go, I said, hey, I wanna create a show that teaches all the shit that they didn't teach us in school. Yeah. Okay? And for most of that, it's, it's sales skills, it's entrepreneurship, it's mortgage, it's real estate, it's personal finance, it's budgeting, it's ROI, right? You just don't take courses no. on those life and, and business skills. And something that I know you're very passionate about is financial fitness, financial literacy, financial education. Yes. Yeah. And your company has a product that is specifically geared towards that. And you've been traveling the country teaching and coaching loan originators as well as their clients, how they can become more financial literate. Exactly. So let's talk about this. Like, what does financial literacy mean to you um, as Brian View, the COO of one of the top fintech companies in the mortgage space. So for, yeah, for me personally, it's probably gonna be different than the core or target audience that most loan officers are targeting today. We'll just kind of point to that, that growing segment of first time home buyers. So for me, financial literacy is really just understanding for my family, how, how what does my financial picture look like and is it sustainable? Is it, you know, I'm 55 years old, so at some point I gotta stop working, right? And, Go do whatever you do when you stop working. Do I have enough resources to to live comfortably past you know my earnings uh, capabilities? So that for me, that's where you know financial literacy is important. It's understanding what trajectory I'm on individually to to kind of continue to live the lifestyle that we're living in retirement. Do you take that from a end date and work backwards? No. You don't. No. You, you didn't, or you don't. Like I guess because there's maybe what you did versus what you yeah. would, what you would do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would tell you this. So I've been at Finlocker for four years, and we're really still in this kind of startup phase as a company. Um, when I before I came to Finlocker, I was at Flagstar, ran the third party origination business there, and I think I had an eye on what retirement might look like. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe 56, 57, 58. And once I got into this, this tech startup space, I kind of been re-energized, if you will. Um, I, love the, I love what we're doing around financial education and financial literacy and truly empowering loan officers to help consumers better their, their financial lives. So now I don't think about you know, a, a retirement date as much as I think about how do we continue to grow this thing and expand our, uh, get our product in the arms of more companies and more loan officers to help more consumers. So you're telling me you're fine working longer than maybe you thought 10 years ago because maybe work has become more of a passion project. Exactly. Maybe, maybe work has a bigger purpose. And maybe because you realize that 55 years of age is young. Yeah. And it's like, what the hell am I going to do right. if I wasn't working? Like, how am I going to fill my time? There's only so much golf yeah. you can you can partake in and so much baseball you can watch. That's right. Right? Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, now I'm bored. What else can I do? Um, it's interesting. For those tuning in who don't know Brian the way that I know Brian, I think it's good to know. 
a little bit of like where we came from. So Brian, you got into the industry, the mortgage industry. You started helping consumers, teaching and educating yep. consumers. You became a financial literacy coach, whether you thought you were yeah, or were not, right. or that's what you were signing up for. It's what you did. That's right. What year was that? 1991. 91. So you were a loan originator from 1991 until 95-ish? Yeah, mid-90s. Yeah. yeah. So like when Brian speaks, please know you're talking to someone who has personally given financial advice, not just to his two adult sons, right. not just lived it himself, but starting off in 1991 to hundreds, if not thousands of consumers. Yep. And then eventually you managed loan officers. That's right. And then you managed account executives because you went from retail to wholesale, always in sales, always in the mortgage industry. That's right. Right. So please, when you tune in, you listen to the rest <laughs> of this episode, I think it's good to know yeah. where you're coming from because I'm the type of person, personally, if I sit at a conference and I don't value the experience of the person speaking on that stage, I personally have a hard time tuning in. That's just me. I think it makes sense. They could be a great presenter. They could be funny. They could be charismatic. They could be good looking. But if they don't have the real world experience, yeah. it's not that I can't learn something from them because I'm sure they read it. They're presenting it. I can comprehend it. I just lack interest yeah. in and listening to people who haven't lived it, done it, experienced it. Yeah, I don't think you're. Uh, I don't think you're the the rare, the, okay. the rare bird there. I think yeah. there's a lot of people that kind of think the same way, uh, and there's not a lot of people that are in, you know, the technology space, that have, kind of walked the walk, if you will. Um, you know, a lot of people that are in the tech space, especially in the startup tech space, you know, a lot of them are young young people that you know they're just out of school and they. They saw a problem and they went to use technology to solve it, right? Which is awesome and it's cool, but it's hard again for, you know, the loan officer if, if that's the target audience to kind of have the understand and, and trust that the the developer of this tech really understands what I do every day as a loan officer. Yeah, facts like hashtag truth <laughs> hashtag facts. I'm gonna get back to the Q and A aspect of this. You're sitting down. You have two adult sons, right? And an adult daughter. An adult daughter. Yeah. There's three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did not know about your daughter. Yeah. Well, what does she do? She's we in talked Seattle. About... Yeah. Okay. She's in Seattle, kind of a career student, you know, just taking her time. So good for her. She's... Pacific Northwest. Her is gorgeous. Yeah. Out there. It's beautiful out there. Beautiful place. Okay. Yeah. Well, so you have three adult children. Yep. Okay. You knowing what you know, doing what you've done for the past 30 years. Uh, what type of advice are you giving? Because all three of your children, if they haven't bought their first home, they're in that. That realm. These are the yep. people that mortgage loan originators are currently marketing towards That's right. in hopes that, hey, when they turn, I think the average age of a first-time home buyer is like 33. Yeah. Right. So a 27-year-old could be starting to enter into that phase of their life, but it may take them six more years. Yeah. Uh, when when you're giving out financial advice to your to your children, what types of things are you sharing with them that our audience who's tuning in yeah. could have Uncle Brian teach them? Or our audience tuning in can swipe and adapt what you're teaching your children. They can go teach their clients. Yeah. So for for my middle son, he was the first uh, to to buy a home. Okay. And so he, he and his girlfriend were renting, and so you know just 100% mortgage rate on rent. That that was kind of the thing I kept saying. It's like every time you guys are stroking a check for your rent, you're you're paying 100% interest. Period. End of story. And you have nothing to show other than you have a nice place to to go back to every night. So for him, it was, it was understanding the importance and the value of owning real estate. And they started small, they have a you know, small condo, but now they own it. And, and it's already in two years appreciated pretty substantially. Nice. They're in a great, a great little area. Um, 
and so and he's in our business he's he's works at finlocker and engages with loan officers every day um so he he got to be a little bit of our poster child for using our tech yes with one of our clients to kind of get prepared and it was a two plus year process once he once he and his girlfriend said okay we're going to do this it was you know two-ish years to get fully ready so the first thing you did with with your children is teaching the value of real estate that's it right yeah. which it's so cool i just uh, taught this um on our website so our website's tloponline.com it's basically a branch manager in a box we have the podcast everyone knows the podcast but the podcast is for everybody right i wanted to do something specifically for the mortgage audience and specifically for loan officers so we built out a website and that website is nothing but scripts and sales trainings Love and it. even two live sales trainings per month with me teaching via zoom and we just covered this on our last call think about the roi on someone's down payment right <laughs> yeah. think about think about buying a home for 300 grand and putting five percent down which is fifteen thousand yeah. dollars and then think about having another 10 grand in closing costs so now you're at twenty five thousand dollars out of your pocket yeah but if that three hundred thousand dollar home goes up by three percent that's nine grand yeah how many investments can you make right now where you take 25 grand out of your bank account and it's growing by nine thousand dollars a year yeah i mean you start doing that math that's like almost a 40 percent rate of return right and i don't know if that's the type of things that parents are teaching their children or even loan officers are teaching their clients better yet loan officers tune into this one how many loan officers are teaching their referral partners right. that yeah because even if the person put 10 percent down I think the numbers go, it goes from a 40% uh, return to a 20. Even if you put 20% down, your return, when you're looking at what is my down payment and closing cost as it pertains to my appreciation, right. you're still getting like over 10% on your money yeah. just through appreciation. That's before we start talking about paying down your loan through right. principal payments. Whereas when you rent, nothing goes towards principal payments. No, your payment's gonna, more likely it's gonna go up. Yep. So, so, okay. So that's, that's a piece of advice. Number one, give me two other just good nuggets that you made sure that all three of your adult children, um, were taught. They might not have listened yet, yeah, right? They yeah. haven't listened. They're in they that heard listening you. mode. Yeah. They heard you, <laughs> but they weren't listening, but, uh, that you shared with them. So one of the things that we, we talked about early on was the importance of establishing and maintaining great credit, not good credit, great credit. And so for me, it was, it started with having, you know, you had to have, you can't build credit without having taking out debt, right? You have to have credit. You have to have a, a liability to, to, to get credit. And so at, at an early age, each of the kids had a credit card backstopped kind of help, but they understood that making payments, timely payments and, and manage, managing the outstanding balance is going to impact their, their credit. So monitoring and, and understanding what's going on with credit was always something we talked about. So here's a thought on credit. And this is, um, this is a, have versus have not, a fortunate versus not fortunate, a privilege versus non-privilege. Yeah. 100%, but I want people to understand this because at some point you're gonna have children, maybe you have children and they're gonna be aging up into young adulthood soon. Mm -hmm. Maybe you just wanna teach this. But something I just did for my 18 year old son, and anyone can do this, I made him an authorized user on yeah. my Amex. I've had this Amex for 10 right. years. I use it primarily for business expenses. JC needs to go buy a new camera, he uses the Amex, right? right? And then uh, I write it off on the tax returns. But my son's not an authorized user. That means by the time he's 19, 
He will have a valid yep. credit score. Do you think he's making that payment? Right. No, I'm making the payment. Now, he and I do sit down every single month and we look at what he spent money on. And we talk about uh, that wasn't part of the agreement. Right. That wasn't the highest and best use of, of your time. So I think from an educational standpoint, we all need to understand that hack. We need to be able to teach mm -hmm. that hack and then maybe even live that hack so that we can give our children something they didn't, something that wasn't maybe provided no. to, to me or provided to you. And then have fun with numbers, guys and girls. Like have fun with numbers. Think about a 800 credit score versus a 760, 800 versus a a 680, 800 versus a 620. Yeah. And you start thinking about not just your mortgage payment. Oh, that's a quarter percent interest, uh, a change in interest. That's 40 bucks a month. That's $480 a year. Okay, cool. You can run that math, but it's also credit cards. Yeah. It's also auto loans. It's also student loans. It's also being told yes or no. Right. Like it's a, a, a an opportunity of credit gives you the opportunity to do something. Yep that if you don't have credit, the opportunity is non-existent. So then you have the opportunity cost, which that could be tens of thousands of dollars, but it's as simple as this with credit that I try to teach the younger um, adults. Having good credit is the difference of, do I need to give my electrical company, my power company, yeah. a deposit of $250 or not? That's right. At a time in my life when 250 bucks matters. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Right. Okay, so credit's number two, what's number three? So number three is um, understanding the importance of saving, which which really saving starts by spending less. Let's be honest. So it's budgeting, right? And so it's understanding where you're spending your money and making intentional decisions on what you're going to spend money on. So we talk about that a lot uh, when they were kind of coming out of school and getting their first, you know, paying jobs. My oldest son, as you know, is uh, plays professional baseball, so he came into some money when he was drafted and we sat down. Woo yeah. Let's go buy that Mustang. Oh yeah. <laughs> there was all kinds of things he wanted to do. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. That's you have a block of money. You have no other income now <laughs> other than that block of money. That's got to last potentially for the rest of your life. So we, we agreed, he and I agreed on a number of that initial sign on bonus that would be discretionary, mm -hmm. but it's discretionary in perpetuity. It's not like this year's, you know, discretionary spending and I'll go tap it next year. It was, this is all you have. And so he, to his credit, he never thought about that money. He thought about what was in his account that we allocated out of it and we invested the rest. Um, and then he just, he and his girlfriend just uh, closed on a, on a new home purchase. So when we talk about the ROI and down payment, we talk a lot about that. I'm like, all right, Cam, you've got X, you know, thousand dollars sitting in this account. Why don't we put it into something tangible, real estate? Your girlfriend's renting right now. She can get into, you know, owning real estate. You guys can start building kind of uh, uh, an investment around real estate. So that was kind of that first. The first thing was understand where you're spending and then where, you know, where you can store away, save, and don't think about that money. I love it. I mean, I think that can start at age eight. Yeah. It can be reinforced at age 18. You know, age eight is, okay, cool. How much money did grandma give you for your birthday? You got $100. That's amazing. Right. First, handwritten thank you note to grandma. Second, $20 is going to go into your savings account. Right. $10, we're going to donate to the less fortunate. For us, that's the UCF football program. <laughs> I'm joking. I actually give my children the, the opportunity, right? Yep. So actually, my daughter would tell you her $10 went to Hope. Hope was like a, a local charity 
that's uh, like a food pantry. Yeah. Okay. So her 10 bucks went to there. And then we didn't teach him about taxes at age eight. Uh, although I would have said in 20 bucks goes to mom and dad, <laughs> right? Because we provide. Yeah. And then the other $50, I said, you can spend however you want after you pay your bills. Hey, how many bills do you have? And my eight-year-old's like, I got no bills. Right. What are bills? Perfect. <laughs> right? But even my senior in high school just graduates and, you know, through gifts of graduation yeah. money, he's like, holy cow. Right. He got like three grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. $1,000 went to paying off a of debt. He owed mom and dad. For a 1998 Volvo bumper. <laughs> we won't even get into that, but just know Sounds mom like and dad one. had to pay for a new bumper right. on a 1998 Volvo and homeboy owed us a grand. Yeah. He then had to put a thousand dollars into his savings account. Like, Hey dude, you may want to rush a fraternity. You may want to study yeah. abroad. These are certain costs that are going to be you, not mom and dad. And then the other thousand dollars went to whatever you want to spend it on. Right which for him was a $350 pair of tennis shoes. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm going to have to talk to JC about the type of <laughs> shoes he bought to make sure he didn't get ripped off. And I had to ask him, was that the highest and best use of, of, of your money? And he goes, yes and no. He said, I paid off my debt. I put, I've saved, yeah. I saved $1,000. And I've wanted these shoes since I was in seventh grade. Okay, I so literally 11 I gave, years. <laughs> gave him a high five. I gave him a hug. And I said, it sounds like you thought it out. I hope those shoes are worth it, right. you know, and, yeah. and, and you move on. Okay. So let's flip away from what I would call the consumer, yeah. right? Your children, my children, they're the consumer. Yeah. They are the future of our country. They are the, the future client that everyone craves. They're also the future employees yeah. many people crave. When you look at your client and your client right now, I'm guessing is mortgage companies and their mortgage loan originator, right? right? You have a product that helps them do their job. You have a product that helps them increase their lead conversion, maybe even have a product that allows them to go out and generate more leads. Right. What type of advice are you giving the loan officers out there as it pertains to understanding financial literacy? So before I would give any advice, I, I needed to understand what loan officers were doing. So I've been intentionally studying about 200 loan officers. And I say studying, I'm studying what they're doing in on social. Okay. Those, you know, I'm following their communities, their followers, and I'm paying attention to the to the words they say and the the intentions of their content and then how they're delivering it. And what's been fascinating over the last six months is I'm seeing a ton of really good, really good, strong uh, content providers who are connecting with their audiences. And you can tell that because they have thousands of followers, but then you watch the engagement. Uh, so before I would give advice, I just wanted to understand what are people doing today? And I can't go drive community to community to see this. So the next best thing is you get on Instagram, you get on TikTok, and you, you start following these loan officers. Uh, once I understood what what the successful loan officers were doing in terms of how they were messaging, how they were creating consistent uh, content, and then how the engagement was happening, and then I started talking to loan officers about, I can see what you're doing on social. Is it translating into the business? Uh, and obviously, we're, we're in the throes of a very tough market. We've been in a tough market. so. What, what I love about some of the answers I've gotten is, well, I'm not seeing the same volume I had two years ago, but what I am seeing is I have an active you know, pipeline of prospective home buyers, people that have told me they want to learn and they want to get ready. And I'm building a relationship and I'm building trust with them by providing education content. And, and it's, it's kind of all over the board. There's some that are uber focused on what I'll call the, you know, the, the, the 
personal finance 101 and then there's others that are probably heavily more heavily into truly preparing for home ownership i think they all work when you're uh you know i talked about this before we hit record the our, our the young people today are not getting taught formally in high school it's not really happening in college and so when they come out into the real world they're they're not ready to well the financial planners that are in their communities aren't ready to embrace them because they don't have enough assets to really make it Correct. worth their while. Yeah. So they're kind of left to their own devices and they're relying on us as parents maybe. I think the best resource in every community for teaching financial fitness, financial literacy, and financial education with an objective of home ownership, which it's fair to say most have that objective somewhere down the road, that best resource is a loan officer, facts. a local loan officer. Again, hashtag truth, hashtag facts. Dave Savage over at Mortgage Coach uh, said it best like two years ago. I had Dave on the show, and um, that was the first time that I was like, oh, my God, ping, ping, ping. That makes sense. I knew it, but I had never heard it the way that David described it. Once right. Dave described it the way he did, and it was something along the lines of, hey, Dustin, how many of your clients would your financial advisor <laughs> ever sit down and, and, and meet with? Right. And I'm like, oh, my God, like one in ten. Yeah. One in ten because – my financial advisor, like my friends who are financial advisors, if you don't have X in, in investable assets, it's not worth their time. They're not going to be able to earn any money right. assisting you. And they're not in the pro bono, non-for-profit yep. sector. They are a for-profit entity, those that manage assets that are wealth advisors, et cetera. And he's like, Dustin, a loan officer, this is Dave, a loan officer for most Americans is the one and only quote unquote financial literacy coach. Yeah. Can't call them financial advisors, but a financial literacy coach that they will ever need and also have access to. Right. And what you just said is is a thousand percent true. There's two ways people obtain wealth in our country. Two main ways. And when I say people, the bulk of people. Right. Homeownership's number one and a four oh one K is number two. Yeah. Now you come from Michigan and Michigan's still a heavily unioned mm -hmm. um, state. So in your state, unlike my state of Florida, you sure as heck have people who are also still today getting pensions. Sure. Nothing like they were 50 years ago, but still it's pretty heavy. But take those states out yeah. for the bulk of us. It's like, no, home ownership, number one. Mm -hmm. And just figuring out how to pay yourself first through a 401k and working for a company that offers a 401k match, or if you're not um, working for a company, you know how to do it through an IRA. Right. Similar vehicle, similar setup. You can have it auto yeah. deducted, et cetera. But yes, everything else, Bitcoin, day trading of stocks, uh, becoming some kind of a multifamily real estate right. investor, property developer. No, no, and no. You're going to make it through buying a home. Yeah. You're going to make it through investing in your 401k, understanding a budget, having good credit, all things a good mortgage loan originator could teach you. Absolutely. Uh, and a good mortgage loan originator that also has the tools. Right. Like, could you imagine ever going to a financial advisor who didn't also have the tools <laughs> to show me using graphs and spreadsheets how my money's growing, how my risk is mitigated? I think loan officers have to understand y'all need tools. Yeah. Your clients demand those tools out of you, right? We talk about, you need to have a service like MBS Highway. You gotta know what's going on in the, in the gotta market. Know. You, you gotta just know. do. You should look into using something like Mortgage Coach. Yep. Right? Like love you the just, TCA. Yes. Lo lo love mm -hmm. the TCA. You should probably be professionally coached yourself. Like, how are you going to teach something 
if you're not yourself a student. So what are you doing to become better, to further educate yourself, to up your game? And then you should look into tools that your clients can invest in. They're going to make them better, but also help you convert them. Probably something like Finlocker offers, which I do want to talk about this. You all have a product that I'm interested in and I know very little about. Cool. Okay. <laughs> um, and I only know it, Brian, because I follow you on LinkedIn. Right. Right. And you've been talking about it because this is your like financial literacy product. Can you, without it being too salesy, yeah. right? Hey, no, no, no. Once an infomercial, um, which by the way, though, if Brian's here, it means I believe in Finlocker, right? <laughs> if Brian's here, it's because uh, that's a product that, heck, I know Rich Harkwell, Jeff McGinnis, and myself have, have all had conversations about, hey, how do we do more of Finlocker? Right. But what's this new product? How, how, how does it benefit the consumer? And how are loan officers using it to either generate more leads, convert more leads, and more importantly, make more money? Yep. So let's start a little bit with the consumer because we already hit on some of these pieces when we talked about you know, financial literacy and what's important for consumers and how we've talked to our kids about it. So the importance of monitoring your credit. So Finlocker, the, the, the way I like to describe our app is we're like a mashup of mint.com meets credit karma meets zillow meets rocket money so okay we, so we bring in your credit your credit score your credit report and give you tools as a consumer to model changes that you could see in your credit score if you took certain actions so part of being financially fit is understanding when you do something it's going to have an impact and our tool lets the consumer model that do something and that do something could be positive or negative I'm going to pay down credit card balances by $5,000. What would that do to my score? Or, you know, I just got laid off and I'm going to miss a payment or two. What would that do to my score? You can model all that in the app. Uh, the second area of, of tools for the consumer is around spending analysis, budgeting, financial goal setting. So that we allow the user to link all of their financial accounts, not just the assets, but assets and liabilities. So we give a consumer a picture of their personal net worth. So when we talk about you know not having enough assets to be a financial advisor, one of the tools that most financial advisors you know arm their customers or clients with is an analysis of their personal net worth. This tool allows a loan officer to provide that net worth analysis tool to their prospective clients. Okay, so I was going to ask you, what does this app, by the way, Finn and Locker, financial? Financial Locker. locker. Yeah, yep. it's, it's 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 the the locker for everything that uh, makes up your financial well-being. Right. Or everything that is a hot mess when it comes to your <laughs> personal finances, but you can better yourself uh, by putting it all in this locker and then showing up and working on it. What does it cost the consumer or is this something the consumer only gets through their LO? Yeah. So our model today, and the, you know, models change, but our yes, model today is B to B to C. So our client is the lender loan officer. Okay. So the lender loan officer licenses our product. And in most cases, we do a white label, private white label instance. So it's not Finlocker in the app store. It's Dustin's cool financial tool, whatever you call it, that's in the app store. So you actually have as a lender, as a loan officer, you have an app. It's your app. You're directing your prospects to download your app. And so for the loan officer, what's really cool and what I what I really got excited about when I came to Finlocker and really started understanding our roadmap was, as a loan officer, if someone downloads my app, I'm on their phone 24-7, mm -hmm. 365. And if they're using the tools in the app, they're every time they're in there using it, they're giving that, that credit's coming to me. 
that I'm building trust through the tool that they're using well, already. And better yet, you're on there, not as a loan monkey, not as a give me a LE, no. quote me a rate. Right. No, you're not a commodity. No, this is an individual who supplied me with a resource. That's right. That's going to make me a better person, a healthier person, as well as sure, when I'm ready to buy a house, that's the person I want to call because look at what they did for me. That's right. And I'm assuming through your app, they they also have a way to search property. Oh yeah, yeah. We have embedded real estate search and value. If somebody already owns a home, they could they could track the value. We have a partnership with Home Scout that enables uh, real estate search. I think we cover 98% of the national MLS through Home Scout, and then the uh, the Home Scout valuation model comes from an AVM that they source through uh, Quantarium. So it's a bank rated bank level AVM that's that's powering up the uh, the valuation in the app. And this is something that loan officers can contact Finlocker or their branch manager or someone from their home office. Yeah. And from there, they can have access to it. Yep. Labeled with like their picture, so, their contact information. Yeah, the individual loan officer was, is always front and center okay. in the app. Yes. Picture. Yeah, right. I hope that person's okay. Yeah, By the way, if you hear a siren and you're in your car, please know that is more than likely <laughs> what's going on uh, about six floors down from where Brian and I are currently recording, and they are right outside of our office uh, with their sirens going. It's interesting, Brian. I share that because we do get complaints. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I'm like, well. I pulled uh, off the side of the road. <laughs> yes. True story. I'm like, guys, I, I wish I could do something, yeah. but, man, I kind of love our office studio setup. Yeah. I love how it looks on YouTube. By the way, if you never watched this on YouTube, do us a solid. Go to our YouTube channel. At a minimum, subscribe because I love to watch the subscriptions go up. But you should check it out because we have like three cameras and lights. And I was put on a new centerpiece. There's Today's centerpiece is baseball themed because Brian and I have a love for baseball. Yeah. His son plays uh, professional baseball. So anyhow, I digress. Yes. We were talking about the loan officer utilizes this app that is white label. It has their picture on it, their contact information. But they give it to their prospective clients, right. the soon-to-be home buyers. Yeah, one, one last thing about just the functionality. Yes. And then I want to talk about how we're, I'm seeing loan officers have success building their pipeline yep. with the tools. And it, it could be, there's other tools out there, by the way. Of course. But but I have the most vis visibility into FinLocker. Yeah, you know, there's other podcasts out there, too. Yeah, they are. That is not number one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm like number 12, I think. On podcasts? I don't know. I don't even know where you where you track that. It's all right, Brian. <laughs> it, 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 it's all right. Your product is number one. There how about go. that? There you go. Yeah. So uh, I, I talked about credit. I talked about linking financial accounts. We talked about linking a property, tracking value in, in real estate. What we do, which is kind of the secret sauce of the product that really benefits the loan officer and I think helps scale the assist that the loan officer can give to their community, is we take all that direct source consumer permission data, and then we build a journey for home ownership on top of it. And so that journey for towards and, and through home ownership is all about being mortgage ready and mortgage ready most people think about buying their first home so there is that first time home buyer kind of segment and that sweet spot and what i'm telling loan officers and talking to loan officers about and i'm really encouraged because i see a lot of los embracing this is you need to be you, most people think direct to consumer and they think of a call center yeah to me loan officers are the best direct to consumer platform out there you own. You should own it in your community, and you should be leading with financial education, financial preparedness, 
homeownership education, homeownership preparedness. Um, and it is direct to consumer. If you're first to the consumer, that's a direct to consumer play. And loan officers have the ability with with some of the tech that's out there, like Finlocker and Mortgage Coach and MBS Highway, as you as you mentioned, to have all the tech that the biggest of the big have. There's a big shop up in Detroit that is a pretty big direct to consumer shop. What they don't have that loan officers have is the local presence in the community, the ability to face off and and you know go eye to eye with a consumer and help them in their community. Truly connect, empathize, yep. and sympathize. Yep, and speak their language. That's right. Right, and speak and speak that person's language. So, what are you currently seeing work as it pertains to loan officers who embrace financial literacy, um, loan officers who utilize technology like the technology yeah. that that your company provides, and um, how, how are you on your end putting out content to further educate the loan originators? So, I'll start with what I'm doing. Okay, I think it's it's. It should be encouraging for loan officers to know that a 55-year-old guy who had no presence on social media can can start to build a following and build an audience, because that's what I've had to do. And it's part of the beauty of being at a startup. I don't have a 20-person marketing department. It's me and my phone. And, yeah. and we Bootstrap just, it. Yep. We, yep. Go, we go down by the pool and we, we cut content. And, and what I'm talking about on my LinkedIn profile is the importance of the local loan officer and the value of being that source of trusted education, financial education in their community to build tomorrow's pipeline today and play the long game. This is not, you're not gonna cut a video, hit, hit record and publish it and have three loans in your pipeline tomorrow. This is a six, 12, 18, 36 month process. But you're, all the work you do today to, to build, that, you know, build that pipeline will pay off in, in the next six to 12, 18 months. I just uh, published a video, I think yesterday or over the weekend, and I was in my garden and I talked about, you know, when we plant a garden, we don't plant it so that we can harvest it tomorrow. We're planting it so that we're gonna get our, you know, August tomatoes in August. But every once in a while, you're gonna get lucky and because you did the work, something's gonna be there earlier than you expect. And it's the same when you're, when you're you know, playing the long game as a loan officer and building a pipeline. You can't go into it thinking you're going to get every loan today, but you're going to get lucky. And the, the luck is not just luck. It's the hard work you put in to begin with, and something's going to fall in your lap. But if you're not doing the work, you are not you don't deserve to get lucky, and you're not going to get lucky. I mean, exact life lessons. One of my favorite episodes, we recently recorded it, and it really hasn't had that, that many plays on YouTube just yet. And I'm going to keep talking about it until it does because I loved that episode that much. But I did an entire episode with John where we just talked about the life, the life and business lessons learned from our forefathers, mm. right? And you look at you know the Revolutionary War and, and when it all started. Like we learned about Boston Tea Party and the Continental Congress and 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 Declaration of Independence and Bill of Rights and George Washington was the first president. But you look at it on a, on a timeline, right? Because you know those two weeks in history class in ninth <laughs> grade, you know, only gave you so much. And then you look at it on a timeline, like wait a minute, this started in like 1773 and it wasn't until 1775 that they started getting angry enough to want to do something about it but it took until 1789 for washington to ever be elected president and the constitution was written but it was two years later that this bill of rights that people love to throw around was actually written and then voted in as the first 10 amendments you're like what yeah what like yes guess what guys and girls 
even badass countries, <laughs> they don't happen overnight. Right. They don't always go the way that people thought they would go. They need to evolve. They had to learn as they grow. Yep. And that was like the premise of the entire episode, but we definitely weaved in some geeky ass yeah, yeah, yeah. American history with some like real concrete dates. But it's what you're saying, it's a long game. It is long. Loan game. officers need to be playing the long game. Loan officers need to be connecting with their local market. They need to be that financial expert who, oh yes, by the way, not only can I teach you the, the basics on credit, on budgeting, on saving for retirement, on purchasing a home and getting the right loan, yeah. right? But it's like, you know, I'm, I'm here for life. Yes, I'm your loan officer. Yes, you're gonna help me. I'm gonna help you get a, a home loan to buy real estate, but there's so much more behind it. And I need to start with you earlier. That's right. Right, that's it. Start with them earlier. So what is some of the best doing right now? So uh, super encouraged by a couple of clients that are really uber focused and on social. So their, their business model kind of starts and stops with social. Okay. They have financial influencers or finfluencers as, as they're called. Who, I, want to, I want to be one of those yeah, one day. Yeah, me too. Okay, one day. One day. We're getting there. These guys, um, they launched on May 5th. Now, they, again, this is a good, a, a good uh, parallel to the, to the story of the U.S. They didn't just launch overnight and, and, and had you know, hundreds of thousands of followers. They've been building their followers for years, right? They've now just got to a place where they've earned the right to win with the followers that they built. They built enough trust with that following. And so we partnered with them. They launched their flavor of FinLocker. And in the last five weeks, they've done four kind of targeted pieces of content that talked about homeownership readiness, financial fitness, and the tools in the app. They had over 5,200 people download this app. So it was a that was a head scratching moment for us. Fifty two hundred people in five weeks downloaded their app because they talked about it on their social media platforms. Crazy. They built it into their content. They built it into their yep, content. Yep, weaved it in, probably made it very conversational, very yep. storytelling, which by the way, wink wink, nod nod, that's what you're supposed to do. That's right. But now they have fifty two hundred people that were at one point strangers. Yeah. That now look to them as a financial coach, not a loan officer who's trying to sling a loan their way. That's right. Sell them on a rate. In hopes that of 5,200, let's just say like, I don't know, uh, 5% buy a home in the next 12 months. Yeah. Like what is 5% of 5,200? Well, 10% is 520, <laughs> right? So so half of that. I use 1% just to just to even, you know, yeah. make it real. Yeah, right? so 1% is 50. Yeah. One, 52. You would take that all day long. Of 52 <laughs> times the average loan size of 300,000 is roughly $15 million in volume. Right. Let's say for easy math, because Brian and I are getting up there in age, we just said we made 100 basis points. That was our comp plan. 1% of $15 million, 150 grand. Yeah. 150 grand commission. Yeah. And by the way, it's not like those other 5,100 people aren't going to buy a house. That's right. In fact, over a third of them will buy a house in the next two years. Yeah, it's it's been amazing. It's so the- Okay, I love that. What it what it reinforced for me was the the belief that social's working, and it has to work. It's if you think about who's buying, who is the first time home buyer, they're on. They they were born with a phone in their hand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's all they know. So every all the content that they're consuming is coming from their phone. You want to talk about separating yourself even with the traditional referral sources, right? Realtors are still the number one yeah. referral source for mortgage loan originators. How about sitting down in front of a realtor and showing them? That's right. Hey, by the way, here's something that I do that that company that advertises on TV doesn't do, 
or that the bank or credit union down the road isn't doing. This is how I separate right. myself. Like show them your app, yeah. share it with them, let them get in there and test drive it and say, just know that when you refer your clients to me, it's going to be a different experience because yeah. I take a holistic approach to home finance. I'm not just their loan officer. I'm going to be their financial literacy coach as well. I love that. No, that's fantastic. You know what else would be fantastic, Brian? What's that? If people were loan officers, like, look, again, if you're not a loan officer, tune me out right now. <laughs> if you are in the mortgage space, you really, really, really need to check out our website. You have to go to TLOPonline.com, TLOPonline.com. It is branch manager in a box. And something that we're doing with companies like Finlocker, if you're a premium partner, how cool would it be to get a discount? Look at that. Let's get a discount to Finlocker. Right on. Yeah, so we, we will have the opportunity, JC and Mark Holmes and the rest of our web dev team are working hard behind the scenes constantly revamping, updating, upgrading our website. And one of those updates and upgrades and a, an extra value to our premium plus members is going to be discounts on products like Finlocker. And guess what? If you don't want to be a premium plus member, we have free memberships and we'll still link you to Finlocker to make it easy for you to get a demo, for you to get asked questions of Brian and his team to figure out, hey, is this product something that's going to be good for me based on how I run my business. And, and I think that's important because not every product is good for every loan officer. Correct. Oh, yeah, a thousand percent. Like we have or will have on our website over $5,000 of annual discounts. Right. But I know not every Premium Plus member is going to take 5000 Some may only get the $360 um, discount that maybe is offered through Knowledge Coop. Right. Right. Someone may take growth-only coaching and be like, I just got an $1,800 discount. I paid $1,495 to become a Premium Plus member, and I got an $1,800 discount. Like, I can do the math on that. That's, uh, a, that's a positive return. Right that there. is a positive return. <laughs> yeah, plus I got the two uh, uh, monthly sales training calls and the hundreds of videos and the marketing ideas and blah, 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 blah. And, but wait, there's more. <laughs> so, yeah. So, no, I, I do want to encourage the loan officers and the mortgage professionals to please check out TLOP online, TLOP. By the way, TLOP stands for? The Loan Officer Podcast. Yeah, ding, 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 ding. You are a smart guy. I didn't guy. even have to look at the sign. You didn't even have to look <laughs> at the sign, no. Any any parting words for our audience before we conclude today's episode? No, I would just, uh, I would encourage the, the consumers who are watching and listening, who are, you know, considering and thinking about future home ownership to find a local loan officer and start to build a relationship and, and uh, start learning, you know, kind of the, the ins and outs of financial fitness as it relates to home ownership that way. And then for the loan officers that are out there listening, if you're not on social and you're not building a pipeline of young future home buyers, you need to do it. That's where the business is going, guys. It's it's I mean, it's already there. If you're not on, get on. It's easy. Pick up your phone, hit the red button and start talking. And if people want to find you or learn more about Finlocker. So finlocker.com, it's pretty easy. You can, uh, there's a couple uh, self-serve demos. People can check out the product on their own without anybody hassling them. If you want a full-fledged demo, you can sign up for that on the website. Uh, follow me on LinkedIn, Brian View on LinkedIn. Um, putting out a lot of content. Again, trying to put content out there to help loan officers better position themselves as kind of the financial education expert in their community. We just launched a, uh, a newsletter that we're super excited about. It's called FinTalk. FinTalk uh, publishes every Tuesday. We've got about 16 professionals in the industry that contribute. 
folks that we've already talked about today. Dave Savage is a contributor. Kristen Messerly is one of the kind of renowned, you know, future next generation home buyer experts out there. So we have all these great contributors. And the goal of our newsletter is a loan officer who subscribes every week should get at least one piece of content that they can repurpose and use for their own marketing and, and brand building in their communities. Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, Brian, you and I have a conference yes, to actually get to. So we're going to go ahead and put a bow on today's episode. He is Brian View. I'm Dustin Owen. You have just tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast. That is all the time we have for you today, but we look forward to catching you on the next episode. Thanks.